0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Norwich New I'm gonna read this Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Oh boy. We've got we we've, we've got things to talk about. Stadia, the biggest I told you so, possibly of all of 2019. YouTube going through literal legal hell. And Tesla 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 what are you doing Tesla but first things first I need to warn you about the world's most obvious scam and ransomware attack known to man not that it's well known but it's so obvious I shouldn't tell you about it but I'm going to because it's funny Attackers have been pushing out fake Windows updates through email. Yes, attackers impersonating Microsoft are trying to tell you to update your Windows via email. To click this link, install the update, and then you're going to be up to date on the latest Windows I, well, e- even my grandmother knows that Windows is not going to send you update, or Microsoft's not going to send you updates via email. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. There's only one way Microsoft knows how to send updates. And that's dragging you kicking and screaming to the restart button, whether you like it or not. Yes, that still annoys me. It, we are now like two, three years into forced updates, and it still drives me nucking futs. And it still infuriates me <laughs> that that's the way we're dragged into updating. <sighs> no, I still don't believe there's a good reason for it. But, but yeah, uh, pro tip. Don't click suspicious emails. Okay? I know there are some people out there who don't understand that, but just don't click suspicious emails. It's that simple. That's all you got to do. That being said, EA did, in fact, scare the ever-loving everything Out of all of their Origin users. Of which I am still not part of. Because EA still sees Eagle Falcon. As a prohibited word. I am still salty about that. I'm probably going to be until EA goes out of business. Or until Origin dies. But um, EA implemented a new system. On their Origin software distribution platform. Which then prompted their system to send out emails that read the following. The title, you've redeemed an Origin Access membership code. The body message saying, hello. Subject name here. Thank you for redeeming your Origin Access subscription code. For recurring members, your Your reoccurring plan will restart immediately when the membership time from the redeem code has concluded. For further information regarding your account details, including payment options, renewal dates, and more, please log into your Origin account. To those who are familiar with any sort of email scam attacks like this, that does seem extremely suspicious, except... It actually is from EA. This actually is a real email. Their system glitched when they implemented a new point system and sent out this email to every single Origin member. Whoops. So no, your account was not hacked. Other than, I mean, you did give money to EA, so I mean that kind of is a hack in a weird sort of way? Or am I just thinking into that too much? I digress. You were were not hacked. EA is just a little derpy. With that being said, though, there is a new Android security flaw that lets apps access people's cameras to just Record and do whatever they want, and yes, that includes the microphone as well whoops yeah, that's uh that's not good so just 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 be aware just just be aware of that, and actually speaking of uh. Android things. I'm actually going to go out of order here a little bit from what I originally planned. Leaks of Samsung's new S11 phone that's probably going to be launched in January or February have come out. And is revealing a centered hole punch camera hole in the front of the screen. No headphone jack. And a square camera bump. In the upper corner. You know, between all the various... uh, All the various Android exploits that have been coming out. That seem to be coming out in... Or maybe I've just been noticing them more. But there's been more Android exploits that have been revealed. Android phones in general have been just sheepishly, obediently following the Apple trends. Y- you know what? I'd like to take this time to apologize to all the Android users out there. This is clearly my fault. It, it clearly is. Because when I was using the iPhone, that's when the iPhone 10 ca- came out, and that's when Apple started going down this route of having... Awkward streams with chunks taken out of them, which then dribbled down into the rest of the smartphone industry. And that was all because I clearly switched to iPhone. Now that I switched back to a Samsung phone, now Samsung is going against everything they ever stood for. And just getting rid of headphone jacks. Blatantly copying Apple. Putting holes in their screens. It's all because I switched over to Android. I apologize To all Android users. And I am also frustrated by this. What the heck? Uh, I I guess this is just our future. No headphone jacks. Ugly bumps. On the back of phones. That's the real question though. Should I actually switch back to Apple? Because clearly whichever side I, I go with. Starts derping out. But the problem is that if I switch to Apple, then Apple's going to do stupid things and everyone's copying Apple. So if I switch to Apple, the stupid is going to is going to slip down to everyone. What am I going to do? Although oddly enough, uh Nori in the chat comments if you aren't if your headphones aren't bluetooth, you're not doing it right. Oddly enough, I've actually killed like, two of my Bluetooth headsets that I use at work, and it's mostly just because of heat and sweat, because I work in almost a complete, uh, I, I work in almost a sweatshop kind of environment, just with the amount of heat our equipment puts off. So I actually switched to cheap wired headphones, but I got sick of there being between, like, two to three cables dangling off my phone. Because I need the mic. And usually it's also charging at the same time. Now. In fairness. The ones I were using. Were in fact made. For quote. Sports use. So I mean. It was that. It's just. Yeah. It was just. Too much for it. So I actually did go out and get a, um, and actually came in yesterday, a Bluetooth device that it's it's just pretty much like a little, a little clip. You plug the wired headphones into it, and it'll connect to the phone via Bluetooth. And I got it for the sole purpose of being able to take out my phone without, like, a, a nest of wires dangling off it. So I guess for this future where there's no headphone jack and terrible freaking insert censoring buttons here, we got it covered. Actually, I just realized a whole bunch of uh, buttons on my mixer are not lit. That's concerning. Hmm. We'll have to test that out during the break. Huawei is back in the news because of course it is. Huawei has started an invite-only bug bounty program for their phones. And the better part is that it pays out to find bugs and exploits even more than Samsung and Google. No word if it pays out more than Apple, though. But here's the thing. We're not concerned about the exploits that we can find on our end. The exploits we're concerned about is the ones within the Huawei network. Yeah. And then also, of course, just step back for a bit, get yourself some popcorn, and just appreciate the irony in Huawei, one of the most suspect cell phone companies in all of lands. Making a bug bounty program. Just 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 sit back in your chair, lean back, relax. Just munch on some popcorn. And just feel free to giggle to yourself for a little bit. Why not? It's Huawei making a bug bounty program. <laughs> oh. That being said though, Microsoft was in fact uh was granted the ability to license quote mass market software to Huawei which might in fact be a sign that hey maybe maybe these maybe the bug bounty program is a good thing maybe Huawei has seen the error of its ways Maybe negotiations are actually going well, and maybe, just maybe, we can all live happily ever after. Yeah, everything must be going great. Oh, never mind. uh, Never mind. The FCC blocked it. Huh. Wa Granted, the FCC vote was to block a lot more than just... Microsoft, but uh never mind i I guess there's nothing rosy on the other side after all for Huawei that being said, Huawei is so sketch, who cares really, yeah probably not, probably not too many. I mean, let's be real honest, how many people actually do care a lot about Huawei right now? Because I'm willing to bet that a bunch of people who, who who listen to this podcast have just turned it off. The moment I mentioned Huawei is back in the news. Like, I just feel like people are just ready to scream out, We get it! Huawei sucks! <laughs> so with that said, let's move on to my favorite punching bag, Apple. Apple decided that, uh, <laughs> that well, um, you know how you have thoughts about chunks of your screen missing to hold camera notches? You know how you have thoughts about, uh, laptops still being sold with clearly defective keyboards? You know how you have thoughts about, uh, about how your ear pods, which have for some reason become passion statements just fall out of your ears? Well, Apple doesn't think that you should tell people. Apple has removed the customer review section from their online store on all of their products. On all of their sites. <sighs> You know, again, I know no one's going to believe me when I say this, but I used to push myself out as the guy who has the neutral opinion of Apple. That I viewed Windows and Macs, Macs and PCs having their place in the world. That both of them have their uses. I, I, I just, I can't. <laughs> let smash in the chat uh, points out that of course it's impossible. You are in the idiocracy timeline where everything must be stupid. It's possible. It is quite possible. I will say a small thumbs up. For Apple bringing back a traditional keyboard for their new Mac Pro. Now there actually is a Mac laptop that isn't defective from the factory. I will still hate on that laptop. And I will hate on it with the fiery passion of a thousand suns. Because it is once again a professional product that is unsuited for professional use. But of course, my thoughts don't matter to Apple. No, of course not. The fact that it's a laptop with everything soldered on the board and if one thing goes wrong, all my data is lost forever unless I backed it up. And that is not good for professional use at all whatsoever. But no, Apple doesn't want to hear that, and my thoughts don't matter. The fact that it's still going to end up thermal throttling, despite the fact they did upgrade the thermals on it, that doesn't matter. The fact that there's an iMac Pro that requires a heat gun to get into if you want to service the RAM, which is serviceable, that doesn't matter. The fact that all the storage options in the Mac ecosystem are absolutely abysmal and that if I want an Apple monitor, the entry cost is $5,000. That doesn't matter. D- do you get my point? It wouldn't have meant a lot for... Oh yeah, and by the way, that five grand for the monitor does not include any way to... Mount the monitor. You still have to either pay $200 to mount it to your own stand, or a $1,000 for their stand, which has less features than the free stand that came with my Dell UltraSharp. I'm just saying. I can defend the monitor with its quality. But I can't defend the fact there is no cheaper option. There is no other size option. And the fact that it's a $1,000 for a hunk of metal that swivels. Uh, but that's life. That's life. All right. Well, I, I guess I stalled for long enough. Let's get to one of the big topics. COPPA. This has begun to explode on YouTube. If you do not know, I'm going to give you the as brief of a synopsis as I can. COPPA, a.k.a. the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, was a law Signed into law back in 1998 and went into effect in the year 2000, on April 21st. It says that online companies cannot collect data on children of 13 of, of, uh, children who are 13 years old or younger the only way you can is if you get written consent from their parents sent in either via fax or via post office it really does uh it really does show just how old the law is but basically most companies just were in coordinates with the law. And everything was peachy and happy and whatever. All right? Until recently when YouTube revealed that... Well, their platform is an amazing platform for young kids. Before then, YouTube was always marketed and, in fact, in their own terms of service in order to make an account... Only usable by... by People who are older than 13. Well, uh, by bragging about that, they caught the attention of the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. And the Federal Trade Commission slapped a massive fine with a number that I do not have in front of me, unfortunately, because that was the one thing I didn't memorize when doing the prep for this it was something huge it was, it was like i want to say 100 bill let's actually quickly look look that up youtube kappa fine this will be this should be like the first hit 170 million okay it was not in the billions but 170 million there you go and as such also has to put in Steps to make sure that from then on out, they are in compliance with COPPA. So this means that every single YouTuber must say whether their videos are intended for children, not intended for children, or select an option that lets them select it individually for each video. If they're intended for children, they will; those videos will get no ads. And pretty much... That's it. Pretty much almost all of your YouTube revenue is gone on that video. If you say it's not for kids, well, then targeted advertising goes on as normal. So there's a couple things that are just kind of up in the air. First off, like TrueDK0 in the chat just said, what about YouTube kids? Good question, isn't it? What's going to happen there? Since usually the Google way is to, if something is not viable or is just going to be a drain on the company, they ax it. More than likely, YouTube Kids is going to die. Now, as far as YouTube content creators, I've already gone through and said that my own videos are not suited for children. Because I can't, because my YouTube channel I use to promote my Twitch channel. And on my Twitch channel, I, unless I'm recording this podcast, I don't try to not swear. Wait. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, my target audience is young adults, older teens, just okay. But here entails the problem, and regret the van the chat just touched on it. What's for kids, exactly? Because most of us are just thinking, okay, you're you're a Let's Play channel, whatever. The thing is that it's no longer what YouTube thinks it is, it's what the FTC thinks it is. So, for example, I'm streaming currently... Pokemon Sword. That is a children's game. It is. Especially without easy, it is cough. So when I upload those, even though my target audience is not kids, that can still be viewed as kid content. Which means that I could, when those hit, potentially face fines. Now, there is a section in COPPA saying that if the video is intended for a general audience, it is not subjected to COPPA. This means that, it, that it's something that, is, that can be marketed towards kids and adults. The problem here is that YouTube is not taking that chance because it knows if it gave the option for content creators to say, is your video intended for kids, adults, or everyone, everyone's going to hit everyone. No one in their right mind is not going to hit everyone. Because they're, because... Every single YouTuber is going to, they're not going to think about COPPA. They're not going to think about the legal ramifications. They're just going to go, well, I want my video to be viewed by everyone. That means more views and more of that sweet, sweet ad money. Oh, rat. Right. No one's going to hit one or the other unless they know what we know now. Even the people who have Baby Shark up there are going to say their videos for everyone. And then, of course, there's not going to be a warning. They're just going to get smacked with a hammer. And it's a big hammer. A very big, heavy hammer. The hammer comment stolen from JT Nori in the chat. So this brings YouTube into an awkward point. Because this ruling, because this now goes into effect January 1st. Of 2020. And now content creators are going... Well... Does this mean I'm going to get heavily de- demonetized? Does this mean my channel is going to vanish if it's questionably for kids? Is... Uh, is, is this... Is, is my... Are, am I going to... Are... Oh, no. And that's pretty much the state of YouTube right now. No one knows what the YouTube landscape is going to look like at the turn of the year. And a lot of channels, even though they're marketed at pretty much the same demographic I am, they don't know if they're gonna be be allowed to exist, I for one am just grateful that uh this law goes by physical age and not mental age because I am ninety percent certain that a hundred percent of the YouTube audience myself included is in fact mentally twelve. So, at least YouTube won't die overnight. (sighs) That being said, though, let's be honest. YouTube is going to inevitably put an algorithm to go ahead and enforce COPPA. Do you know how great YouTube algorithms are? They're amazing, they're great, they've never made any sort of mistakes ever, no! They never had, by the way, that was all sarcasm. Because, unless I need to remind you, last week we ended up having to talk about, or was it two weeks ago? A week or two ago, we had to end up talking about how a YouTube algorithm banned tens of thousands Of YouTube accounts that spammed emotes. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about Stadia and the return of Half-Life. I know. I never thought I'd say those words either. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, we're going to try and move away from Kappa, though I got a feeling that it's such a... The Kappa thing is starting to come to a peak within the YouTube community, so I imagine more people from the chat are going to be coming in with comments. But we're going to try and shift away from it, despite the fact that there was a quote-unquote social media lawyer on YouTube that claimed that oh, YouTube only wants to put two options for whether your video is or isn't for kids so that they could make more money. That was the stupidest thing I ever heard. And like, immediately made that so-called lawyer dead to me. It, it makes no sense. Because there's an... <clears throat> There is a condition within COPPA that says if your video is, if your content is for general audiences, it is not subjected to COPPA. So by putting the third option for all audiences in, it would mean YouTube would make more money. It's just no, they clearly excluded for all audiences to avoid fines. They clearly did it because they know that most YouTubers aren't people who are going to be paying attention to the law. Most YouTubers just want to upload videos and just be that. We are doing a terrible job of moving away from COPPA, aren't we? Let's talk about Half-Life. Valve shocked the gaming world by first off making a new Twitter account called Valve Software. I'm pretty sure that's actually the name of it. I I digress. And then said, hey, 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 shh, shh, shh. hey. You want some Half-Life? We got some Half-Life. Just come with us. And sure enough, they did. Half-Life 1.5 is confirmed. Going by the actual name half-life alex it is a full vr game as far as we're aware it is going to be a vr only game and is quite possibly one of the only games that is a hundred percent made to be a vr game rather than a tech demo or beat saber and honestly it looks really good It it might just be because, man, I miss Half-Life. I miss the good old days, man. Half-Life was just... It was just such a great game. From a single-player aspect or just playing it multiplayer in the computer lab at school. Just good times. Good times. And then, of course, for... I think 600 years we were promised uh, Half-Life 3 and never received it. But now, in March 2020, Half-Life Alex will be launching around the same time as Cyberpunk... What is it? 2082? Oh god, I'm forgetting what the number is of the Cyberpunk game. 2077 thank you Th- thanks to let smash in the chat for and and JT Norris, uh shortly after that 2077 so it's going to be going out around the same time as Cyberpunk 20- 2077 so who is going to win out Gaben or Keanu Reeves the clash of the titans I for one am looking forward to this 2001 was uh, the last time we saw any Half-Life game. Thank you, Regret. On top of that, we've also got the Final Fantasy VII Remake coming out in March 2020. Every single... freaking streamer is going to either be playing cyberpunk half-life alex or um oh we're now correcting ourselves 2004 for half-life 2 it's been it's been at least an eternity (laughs) people giving me information Not realizing they're giving me information. I digress though. There's going to be a lot of good games coming out. In March. Be ready for it. Also the GTX 1650 Super came out I guess. Okay real talk though. The, The GTX 1650 Super. I actually do like this card. This graphic card, I like a lot. For two reasons. One, it's a decently cheap NVIDIA graphic card. The Super is going to be a $160 card, and it's going to be able to do pretty much any kind of 1080p gaming you'd want it to do not bad okay real information finally coming in 2007 was when half-life 2 episode 2 came out late 2007 in fact Was that it? It feels like we've been waiting for Half-Life 3 for way longer than that. It's only been 12 years. I say only, but... Man. Anyway, back to the GTX 1650. That's one reason I like it. It's a decently cheap card. But more importantly... It does have the New Age NVEC encoder in it. So this means if you want to stream and you just want a hardware encoder that is respectably good, this card is the cheapest way to plug into any computer that can handle it and just, bam, you can stream. That's it. No additional stress on the hardware, because it's got a dedicated chip just for it on the GPU. No need to get whatever the hell overkill rig I have right here from 10 years ago. With dual hexacore CPUs in it. No need to get anything crazy like that, just one card, that's it. The only thing that kind of bites is that it is a 100-watt card. This does mean the 1650 Super will require a 6-pin adapter. So, that much is confirmed. I talked about it before. You, If you want to make a super cheap streaming computer, it must have a power supply able to take a six pin. You're not going to be able to go ahead and just grab a cheap Dell Optiplex or an HP. What the heck do they call their business computers now? They redid their everything and it pisses me off. You can't grab whatever the cheap HP thing. You can't grab a um, a Lenovo Think Center. Or anything like that for like 50 bucks on eBay. Nope. You're going to need to grab a Precision. Or an HPZ station. Or a Lenovo Think Station. If you want to go super cheap. If you're building the system, who gives a care? Also in um weird announcements... This actually almost ended up in the weird segment of the show, but um, I decided not to. Google decided to announce that you can now purchase movie tickets using the Google Assistant. Wonderful. I cannot wait for so many people to buy movie tickets to shows they didn't want to view after asking Google where the bathroom was. Granted, it's got the Google Assistant much better than it used to be, but man, I have some very weird moments with voice assistants. I think my voice in particular just scrambles any sort of digital assistant's brain because they seem to almost half of the time get it wrong. yes, Hey assistant, where is bathroom? It's in the movie theater. I bought you a ticket to go to go, go see Frozen 2. Your your feature is tomorrow at at 4. You can use the bathroom then. Thanks assistant. As always, you were a big help. <laughs> oh boy. We'll see. Uh, At the same time, in a world where everyone's watching their movies on Netflix, on Disney Plus and everything. Who's asking for this? Just seems weird to me. I guess it's the same people who asked for Google Stadia. Speaking of which, let's talk about Google Stadia. Google Stadia launched to the founders this week. And in the words of Lord Illidan from World of Warcraft, they were not prepared. They were absolutely not prepared. Holy cow. Where do you start? With Google Stadia. So first off, many of the founders did not receive their launch codes. In order to play on Google Stadia, you need a code to activate. And on top of that, people were saying that you needed to activate it Through a Gmail account and not a Google suite account. If you say had a Google account and you register it with a non Gmail account, you never got your launch code. You only got your launch code if you registered with a Gmail account, which is first off baffling, absolutely baffling. As to why Google set it up this way. And then on top of that, many features were not around at the launch. They just weren't. We talked about that last week. I won't go into too many details, but basically half the stuff that you wanted, not ready on launch. Which makes you wonder, why didn't you postpone the launch? But what do I know? I'm one guy sitting in a bedroom recording on a mic. The controllers are nigh impossible to disassemble and repair. Special shout out to Gamers Nexus for taking a Dremel tool to to theirs to do that. And then, of course, the latency was anywhere between mere milliseconds in a best-case scenario, which, you know, is what we were promised, to, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, four seconds. Four seconds does not sound like a lot, but keep in mind... Imagine you pushed a button. And then, in the amount of time that I paused there, then the game responded. The game is unplayable. Just straight up. There is no game in existence unless it's Monopoly. Are you gonna be able to play with that kind of a delay? Although, funny enough, chat's already talking about uh, Stadia percent meme runs. No one would speedrun on Stadia just because of the inconsistency in delays. Let's pretend you actually had like a direct fiber line to a Stadia server. That would be the only way you... (laughs) speedrun on stadia i'm not joking i'm i mean it for real it's just (sighs) oh for crying out loud and of course the latency is inconsistent between doing it between accessing stadia on the chromecast on a phone or on a pc or computer Oh, and by the way, that whole thing about, uh, playing games at 4K, 60 frames per second. They lied. The 4K footage that was being sent out was upscaled 1080. Hey, remember when I said that, uh four Ryzen-based CPU cores and um, and a Vega 56 GPU 4K gaming does not make. Called it! I freaking called it! I told you! I freaking told you! There is no way with the specs that Google went up on stage and told us, this is what Stadia is going to have in it, and this is why Stadia is going to perform so amazing, I said straight up, on this mic, there is no way they are going to be able to fulfill this with those specs. They are going to have to upgrade the servers. They are going to have to get newer newer CPUs, and they're going to have to get newer GPUs. They're going to have to give it faster cores, and they're going to. They have to, have to, have to upgrade from Vega 56's, To at least overclocked Vega 64s. Guess what? I was right! And I should not be the only one saying I told you so. This was the easiest I told you so to anyone who knows specs. Oh, by the way, um, fun fact. That uh, Stadia controller claw accessory for your phone. Yeah, that can totally damage your phone. You know, just just for the cherry on top of your failure sandwich. By the way, those specs I just listed, because there's a little bit of confusion in the chat, just a little though. Those were the specs of the server. If I didn't make that clear. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I read the headline wrong. It's damage to the controller. There were reports also that it caused damage to the phone as well. But the bigger note is that it damaged the controller almost as badly as Steve from Gamer's Nexus damaged his controller <laughs> and as one final cherry on top of your cherry sunday that is stadia stadia is in fact Causing Chromecast Ultras to overheat and crash after two to three hours of gameplay. But hey, at least Google is proud of the fact that their controller. Is gender gender neutral. They at least got that right. I definitely can't tell. If that controller is a boy or a girl. Or anything in between. I can't tell. I know I already said it. But Google. Why didn't you push back the launch date? Because now it doesn't matter how much you improve Stadia. It doesn't matter now how much additional effort goes into Stadia to improve it. It could end up being in four months everything they promised. It it could promise zero latency. It could perform zero latency. It could provide 4K 144 frames. It could be the most amazing amazing service known to man but no one's going to ever know because now when people hear stadia they're going to think of all the videos out there of of people showing hey i pushed a button And then I counted to four. And then the character jumped. They're going to look at their overheated, bricked Chromecast Ultras that, by the way, Google claimed and tested were going to be able to handle Stadia. And they clearly couldn't. they're going to think of gamer's nexus having to take a dremel tool to their controller in order to go see just how repairable it is and how the thing works on the inside you know what's even better to the this other game companies do terrible launches like this Bethesda did it with Fallout 76. EA does it with everything you know and love. But Google, you report on all this. You search all the inf You have all the knowledge. You knew. If this flopped on launch... It's dead in the water. Guess what? It's now dead in the water. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Google, you wanted to rush out. You wanted to beat X Cloud before it came out. But you e would it. You EA'd it. You you e ate all over stadia yeah i just turned ea into a verb what about it i know i'm not i know i shouldn't be doing tech predictions until the end of the year which i mean we're still a month away but here is the world's easiest tech prediction Google Stadia will be dead by the end of 2020. Now, with that being said, Amazon did, in fact, uh, look at how badly uh, Google did with Stadia and went, hey, we can do better. We can't figure out how to um how to get uh, our own gaming platform Twitch working properly, but uh we can do our own gaming cloud platform, right? Right. Right. You know, there's one thing I can look forward to. The used market In three years is going to be amazing. Because here's a fun fact for you. These sort of data centers cycle out their hardware every two to four years to keep up to date, to be as efficient as possible, to consume as little power as possible, and so on and so forth. For these gaming platforms, it doesn't make sense to buy engineering cards. No, they're buying gaming cards. Or they're buying cloud gaming cards. In fact, funny enough, I have a cloud gaming card sitting in my server room that is waiting for new render. I'll talk more about that another day. And I picked that up for frickin' 30 bucks. The used market is going to be flooded with these gaming cards that were used in data centers. I guarantee it. It is going and the supply is going to greatly outweigh the demand. I guarantee it. My friends, this is going to be very interesting for the used computing market we're going to take our last break when we come back the last burb story that well i think all of you can guess what the last burb story is it's not going to take a genius <laughs> Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, of course, for the last burb story, we must talk about how a human patient has been put into suspended animation for the very first time. Yes, my friends, we are nearing the future. Of course, that's not the early burb story. We'll get to the cyber truck in just a minute. (laughs) For the very first time... A live human patient was put into a state of suspended animation by replacing their body or replacing their body, replacing their blood with a saline solution and put him into a cryogenic cold sleep. It is believed that they can keep a person alive alive. For up to two hours. Doing this method. So it's not going to be suitable for sci-fi like space travel. But it's still just incredible and eerie at the same time. I just want my blood back by the time they're done. That's all I'm saying. Alright, and that was going to bring us to... The last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day, Elon Musk, just in general, Elon Musk, do I need to say much more? So first off, SpaceX tested one of their spaceships and it exploded during a, um, during a pressure test. But they just struck us, just like, this is fine. This is fine. We expected our spaceship to explode. Yeah, okay, buddy. And then, shortly after, and by shortly after, I mean a day or two later, Tesla announced the Cybertruck the Cybertruck being the all-electric pickup truck that looks almost nothing like any pickup truck ever. It is a very angular design, which, in Tesla's defense, a lot of pickup trucks do have very aggressive lines on them. The whole point of a pickup truck is to look aggressive. That's why a lot of people are attracted to pickup trucks that and their pickup trucks and are useful for hauling and that sort of thing. But regardless, it has very sharp lines. And I want to say it has a grand total of one, two, three, four, five I wanna say like a dozen polygons makes up this uh this pickup truck. There are no headlights, there is instead two light bars as the headlights one at the snout of the truck and also at the very top of the truck. The bed of the truck is hidden away, unless you try to load it, in which case, then as it exposed, the tailgate of it can extend into a ramp. And, I I mean... The whole thing is unpainted. It is only going to be this stainless steel look. There is no protective clear coat paint or anything of that nature. Except on the trim. Has this black finish on it. And it's... uh, It just looks bad. I'm sorry. It just looks bad. On top of all that, one of the things they tried to demonstrate was the durability of this vehicle. They tested the metal using a sledgehammer on uh, on stage. It was able to withstand that, which was pretty impressive. Although, after watching the demo a dozen times, it kind of looks like he lightened up when he hit the actual truck. That being said, when they demonstrated the, quote, Tesla armor glass, they relearned a quote from another YouTuber, that being Jerry Rigs Everything. And that is, glass is glass, and glass breaks. I kid you not, they threw a shot put ball at... The, at the windows, they did this twice and shattered the windows both times. Now, granted, the window stayed in one piece because it seems to be they're using bulletproof glass, which the whole point of bulletproof glass is that it absorbs the impact, cracks, and spreads the impact outwards to keep the bullet from getting past the window. That's what it seems to be what they're using. Even though they're not saying that it's bulletproof. But they also said that it wasn't going to... Well, they said it wasn't going to break at all. But it did. There are some nice features, though. For starters... Oh my god, that picture their 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 mock-up trailer they have in the in this picture just looks terrible too. Oh my god. The bed of the truck does have a full outlet. This is a feature that does exist in other pickup trucks though. What isn't in all trailers, what isn't in all pickup trucks though is the ability to use the onboard compressor. This truck does have an air suspension and an air compressor to power that air suspension. You can tap into that compressor and power air compressor tools. By the way, uh, people in the chat are... T- I'm, I have the slideshow of the uh, of the Cybertruck on my stream right now as I'm recording this. Uh, people in the chat are commenting about the quote-unquote mock-up ATV. That's not a mock-up. That is a real ATV. They did show off an ATV that will also be available, but not for pre-order from Tesla, that will also be buyable. The ATV honestly looks better than the pickup truck, in my opinion. Now, I for one am one who works with trucks on a daily basis for work. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to pick up truck for, for myself just for all the hauling I'm going to end up ha- having to do as I progress in my own field. I hate the look of this truck. I really do. <laughs> I dislike this truck. It looks terrible. The sidewalls on the bed means that you are not going to be able to access the bed from the side, which is something you want to do on a pickup truck. And as people have said both in the chat and everywhere else, it looks like a DeLorean. I said it actually looks like the Landmaster from uh, Star Fox 64 without the cannon. What were some of the other what were some of the other comparisons we've had here? Da, ba, da, ba, da, ba, da. I've lost them all. Although JT Nori in the chat does bring up a good point. Oh, a Warthog from Halo. There we go. From Halo 1. Not any other Halo. After, from Halo 2 and onward, they had more polygons than this. JT Nori in the chat m- mentioned, what's the DOT crash ra- rating going to be? That's actually a very good question. This truck might not ever see the road because of... There's a squirrel at my window now staring at me recording this. That is awkward as heck. Because the whole point of most vehicles when they're on the road is that they have to be able to crumple. The last thing you want is a a fully rigid vehicle... So that when an impact happens, you can control where it crumples to keep the people in the cabin safe. Because you do not want it to crumple unknowingly and then crush whoever's inside, which is currently a real risk with this truck. It might not ever see the road because if the entire exterior is made of the same metal, that's it. It's never gonna it's it's never gonna see the road ever. The range on this sucker though, let's get to that. There are three models of this thing, and all they control is motors. The baseline, which is single motor rear wheel drive only, is 0 to 60 in 6.5 seconds and a range of 250 miles with a towing capacity of 7,500 pounds, which, by the way, is laughable in a pickup truck. 7,500 pounds, really? That's your towing capacity? I think my car can tow more than that. The dual motor starts getting more real. Oh, by the way, that single motor, uh, that is going to cost. I don't have the prices in front of me. For whatever reason on their spec page, price is not on the specs. It is quite a bit, but it's still bad for a pickup truck. Single motor is 39900 which admittedly is not that bad of a price. The dual motor is 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds, 300 mile range, all wheel drive, towing capacity of 10,000 pounds, which is standard on class one pickup trucks. So now you're getting more real. That one is $49,900. The tri-motor model is zero to sixty in two point nine seconds, which is ludicrous for a for a pickup truck. Fourteen thousand pound towing capacity, which, hilariously enough, although it is incredibly impressive, at least on most U.S. roads, is not legal for you to tow. Your legal limit in towing is five tons. 10,000 pounds. Once you exceed that, you actually need a CDL to tow that. Whoops. So, I mean, it's nice that it has the capability, but uh, most people are not legally allowed to tow that much. Still cool, though. That cost $69,000, $900. Oh, I see why it was, why it wasn't just rounded up. We wanted to get the 69 in there. I get you. Oh, and by the way, um, 7000 additional dollars to get self-driving in th- that vehicle. Ah. <sighs> Oh, yeah, and as I said, that ATV is uh, also real and can, in fact, charge while being to- while being hauled by the Cybertruck. So here's my problem with the Cybertruck. I mean, first off, it looks ugly. I-, I hate the look. I absolutely hate this look. The stainless steel, no paint thing I could get over, but I I, I just, no. (laughs) I think the overall majority of people are going to hate this truck just on its looks. It's something that I might end up getting used to, but I just can't convince myself to do it. But here's the thing. This now makes it so that there are more unreleased Tesla vehicles than there are released vehicles from Tesla. Right now, Tesla sells three models. The Model S, which is their luxury sedan. The Model X, which is a luxury crossover with gullwing gullwing rear doors. And the Model 3, which is their mainstream sedan. They have yet to release the Model Y, which is their mainstream crossover vehicle. The Roadster. The refresh of their original electric vehicle that is... Well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a luxury sports car, but it's not released yet. The Cybertruck, which is not going to be released for a while, and the Tesla Semi, which oddly enough is gone from the Tesla website. We were actually just talking about the Tesla Semi on the stream, and it's gone. Just straight up. The other thing I hate about this is that Tesla insists on moving to this model with no gauge cluster. I hate it. As someone who drives nearly, or yeah, not nearly, every day, The gauge cluster is just so close to where you're normally looking that it's just a quick glance down. Maybe I'd be able to train myself to just glance over to the center every time. But it's just... No. And the fact that this Cybertruck also does it is just infuriating. What Elon Musk needs to do is focus, underline, focus on production. Half of your lineup now is unreleased. And I got a feeling this Cybertruck, like we're talking, is just never going to see the market because it's never going to pass DOT to be road safe. focus man that is the key and that's why this is just the most bizarre nonsense and why elon musk is probably going to be the last burb story of all last burb stories that's going to do it for this week's episode of eagle eyes on tech we went a little long but you'll forgive me right Please do make sure you check out my weekly or my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which airs at 4 a.m. every day at whatever platform you found this podcast on. We're on every major platform there is for podcasting, including the coveted iHeartRadio. And also check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash EagleFalcon. Take care. See you next time. If only Elon Musk just decided to just not have it be a pickup truck. If they went with this design and let it be like a cargo van, you know, now we might be talking. Because it really does just look like like the front half, they started trying to make a van. And then like once it reached the peak, they're like, oh, no, we're building a truck and then just swoop down. We might be on to something there. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. (laughs) Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted... Around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard, the new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.